Most people at some point have been hurt or burned in church. It's tempting at that point to want to leave, distance ourselves, and never return. Is there an answer for that kind of hurt? Does God have direction for us when we have been burned in church? Let's see what the Bible says about that. Hey, welcome to our podcast. I'm so glad that you clicked on this video. If you would, go ahead and like and comment if you have any questions or thoughts throughout this video. And you can subscribe to our YouTube channel here. We have podcasts come out every Wednesday morning at 8 o'clock. So I'm so glad that you're here for this video. Yeah, so interesting topic today. Uh, Recovering from church hurt or from being burned in church. It's a very real experience. Yeah. And um, uh, we all probably know someone or have Mm -hmm. experienced that ourselves. And uh, the sad thing is, uh, it's is there's always a lot of emotion involved with it, a lot of hurt, yeah. and sometimes it does drive people away mm-hmm. uh, to a very either distanced approach to church yeah. and online, of course, makes that a lot easier today. Mm-hmm. Um, or they've just said, "I'm done with all of it." Yep. And I've known people like that in my time that just said, "I'm a Christian, I, I follow Jesus, yeah. but I I'm not going to church." Yeah. And they don't. Mm-hmm. So. I think stats today bear that out. We live in a very interesting time, of course, post-pandemic. Some of these are affected by that. But mm-hmm. even before that, though, uh, stats are bearing this out. So uh, some of the most recent Gallup polls have come out show that membership among all houses of worship is crossing denominational mm-hmm. lines and crossing even religious all religious okay. well. lines have fallen below 50%. Wow. Um, for the first time in 80 years that Gallup has been keeping wow. any kind of data. Um, among the demographics that show that almost 20% fewer people attended church in 2020 than did in 2000. So wow, 20% well, that's, fewer people. That's pre-pandemic even. Mm-hmm. And that one-third fewer Americans attend church now than did in 1993. Wow. That's a lot of people who have dropped out. 33% fewer Americans. And only uh, 36% of Christians attend church at least once a week. So wow. what used to be in many communities, um, a tradition, mm-hmm. uh, a ritual, if you will, almost yeah. of attending church every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, and understood, sometimes, basically. Yeah, yeah, it was just an accepted part of life, uh, even once or even twice a week. Or three um, times. Or three those, times for Sunday, some people. Sunday, Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, to see that that has dropped off significantly and that a large percentage don't even attend every week anymore. Uh, If you dive into those polls a little deeper, they've also done research as to why, what Mm -hmm. what happened, what caused the departure. Um, Again, removing pandemic issues from this, the polls... Uh, say that some of the reasons were either one, theological contradictions. Mm-hmm. So there was a dis- disagreement in belief in some areas, a significant theological area. They felt judged or shamed. And mm-hmm. I recognize that goes both ways. That can be that it really happened from the church side or maybe it was perceived or maybe mm-hmm. there was actually some kind of sin issue going yeah. on in the person. They didn't want to be told truth. Mm-hmm. Or uh, one of the other reasons was there was a lack of ministry outside the walls of the church. So people in, in essence said, I don't like going to that church because this, they're just all about themselves. They don't do anything mm-hmm. to help anyone else in the mm-hmm. community. Or their questions were dismissed or doubts were dismissed. They weren't able to ask questions about the faith or the practice of the church church. 
And those are all significant reasons for people to leave church. But that was not the primary one. Those were those were some, but the number yeah. one reason listed by people as why they left church was spiritual abuse or wow. trauma. Wow. They experienced some kind of church hurt mm. or they were burned in church in some way. And again, wow. I recognize that goes both ways. There had mm-hmm. been there could have been something from the church's side that truly was wrong, or there could have been something from the the member side that, that yeah. was wrong. Regardless, it happened. Yeah. You know, we did a podcast way back in the day on, on spiritual abuse, in yeah. fact. But I, I, did, I did not know that was the number one mm. reason, you know, in these polls why people left the church. And, you know, it's, it's terrible mm. to think the place where truth is yep. to be shared and there's yep. to be love that... They are to know us Christians by our love, yep. right? And that's yep. that's what the the church is to be known for. It's in fact lost its people mainly to spiritual abuse yeah. and trauma. You know, like you think of again, grace being a common theme and mm-hmm. humility mm-hmm. and pride is truly what causes, you know, the spiritual mm-hmm. abuse and the trauma. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, you know, it makes me ask the question, how do we, as a church, get more churches to be teaching the truth and not living in this way, you know? Yeah, yeah, because again, if you've been around Christianity or churches for a long time, mm-hmm. you understand, yes, stuff happens in churches. Yeah. There's there's going to be disagreements, there's going to be some contention, there's mm-hmm. going to be hurt feelings. Some of that stuff happens, but um when it happens to the degree that people leave church, that's that's tough. Mm-hmm. You, know, you lose well-meaning believers or believers who have faith experience behind them, but they say, "Eh, I'm I'm just out on the deal." Yeah, and um, that this is, although this might sound traumatic and like, what is happening? This is a new thing. Mm-hmm. It's really not. This is not a new thing by any means. The Bible yeah. actually mm-hmm. is the story of people who, um were parts yeah. of churches that were places where there was hurt and where there was extremism and where there was dis-ease within the churches. Yeah. In wow. fact, uh, the letters of the New Testament were actually written to churches that were going through those very things. The letters were wow. written to churches who needed some correction because there was there were problems in the church. So like example, letters like Galatians and Ephesians and Corinthians mm-hmm. Colossians, those are all yeah. written to churches. Yeah. Cities where there was a church, where there were people who were gathering. And the author, Paul, in those situations, was writing because he had heard or had experienced some issues within the church that needed to be corrected. Yeah, well. And it, it's the way it's always been. Mm-hmm. Uh, so churches have always been this way. It's, it's, it's sad to recognize, yeah. but it's a reality. So, you know, you get the example, uh, the letter to the Galatians was written to a church that was struggling with legalism. They were putting uh, performance and demands about how they lived out their faith above grace and faith and the gospel. So the letter is written as a corrective to a church. Uh, Colossians is written to a church whose teaching was unbiblical. And Paul yeah. writes to give some correction and direction. Uh, Philippians is written uh, as a letter to a church where the people were in conflict with one another, there was there was disharmony, there was disunity, there was self-focus, and there was infighting. And 
Paul even names names inside the book of yeah. Philippians. How'd you like to be forever memorialized in the scriptures? Yeah. The the people within the church that were causing disunity. Yeah. It happens in Philippians. First and second Corinthians were written to some churches that were approving of immorality, that were using their worship as a time to show off, that were yeah. mistreating people within the church. Those are very real issues that almost sounds like we're just reading modern day you know, yeah, church exactly. uh, topics. Uh, even the book of Revelation uh, at the beginning has letters written to seven different churches all who had issues, and Jesus specifically is addressing those seven churches wow. in the book of Revelation. Yeah. And um, one of them uh, you know, says that he, he's kind of so done with what they were going through, what they were doing, that he wants to spew them out of his mouth kind of thing. Yeah. You know, some interesting yeah. language there. Uh, they're his children. He's not going to disown them by any means, yeah. but using some very... Um, picturesque language to talk about how you felt toward what was going on in church. Yeah. So it's not a new thing. It's not mm-hmm. a new thing that churches struggle with um, living out their faith in healthy ways within a church yeah. context. The reality is it happens. The reality yeah. is people do walk away sometimes. Yeah, and so, so I mean, we really, with that and you know what we were talking about, with people having left the church, mm-hmm. uh, I think we need to begin asking the question, how do we help the person, the person who has legitimately been hurt right. by the church, how do we help them recover? Because, you know, the, you know, the saying, the burned, burned in church, yeah. how do we help that person heal and recover and then come back into church? Because oftentimes yeah. the idea or the mentality is like, well, I've been burned, I've been hurt, never again. Yeah, you know, that sure. trauma happened to me never again. I don't want any part of that. It's going to make me too mad. It's going to make me frustrated. It's going to, you know, end up the same way. How right. do we help them recover and come back into the church? Yeah. And then, and even asking the question, how do we help churches prevent yeah. that from happening? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, some of my own experiences from the past, I've, I've been through some of that. Um, some of the greatest moments of joy and worship have been in church. For me, some of my greatest moments of pain and hurt came in church Mm -hmm. and they're painful. They're difficult. And I didn't know how to walk through them always. The Lord brought me through. So, you know, you come, go back in history now to 2004 ish. Mm -hmm. Um, We're about to plant a church during that time. And so I put together a study uh, called Burned in Church, mm-hmm. and I still have one of the books from we, we put it together. It was um, it was like an eight-week series for a small group wow. to walk through, and we did. I, I walked a, a group through it, and it was um, having having the heart and mind to reach out to those who had been burned in church, and then how do you how does a church then adjust and help those in that process yeah, and crazy. and help prevent that? So, yeah. you know, in how that about, how about this being nineteen years old? <laughs> 19 years that's old. Antique, that's crazy. Hold, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That's back in the day. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So in, in that book, we talked about some of the, or in the study, we talked about some of the ways that, that happens in the church. Mm-hmm. I think everybody can identify with these. It basically happens in one of five ways, sometimes more than one of these at the same time. If you've been in a church where there was ever a sense of, 
uh, real hypocrisy yeah. and phoniness and real plastic religion. Mm-hmm. Lifting them up, not living them out. There you go. <laughs> you can you can get into this place where like I'm just kind of done with all this. You yeah. know, you want to walk away because you see you see behind the mask because everyone's mm-hmm. wearing a mask and it's all fake and and that can be a reason people. They, get out of there. They, they yeah. go. Um, if you've ever been in a situation or in a church where there's been a lot of gossip and conflict and there's even a church split, man, it's it's detrimental. It's painful. Um, and it can it can ruin the testimony of the, the church and the kingdom in a community. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's been people I've known, I've, I've been on the tail end of some of this stuff where there's been conflict and gossip and it's very, very painful. Mm-hmm. If you've ever been in a church environment where there was a, a strong sense of spiritual abuse to the point that people were guilted and manipulated, yeah. taken advantage of, and shamed, yeah. um, that's detrimental after a while. And you get you get burned in that, and you yeah. get hurt by church in that. <clears throat> if you've ever been a part of a, a church environment where there was a lot of legalism and condemnation and judgment. Uh, because you didn't fit the mold, because you didn't, you know, toe the line, because you didn't live up to the rules or the standards, uh, people people leave because of that stuff. Or if you've ever been in a church environment where the leader has fallen, yeah, uh, and there's some kind of immorality or financial indiscretion or something like that, those are reasons that people mm-hmm. leave the church, and and it can be painful. Yeah, and you know, here's the place that you go to to give the deepest part of who you are and you mm-hmm. you make your heart vulnerable and you worship and you seek God and all of a sudden it becomes a place where you're hurt deeply and, yeah. and the trust is gone and you, you don't feel like you can open yourself up anymore. I get it, it's tough because there's a burn there and just like any physical burn, that hurts yeah. and it can produce a long-lasting uh, damage and a scar and the last thing you want to do is go back to that place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember in the past, um, <clears throat> I had an I had an automobile accident, and I was probably 20, 22, somewhere in there. And driving down a road, car pulls out, and on my on the right side, and it forces me to go over across the lanes. And thankfully, I didn't run into anyone. I was terrified because it just happened just out of the blue. So. Mm-hmm. Anytime after that, that I'm driving down the road and I see a car, you know, coming up to an intersection on the right-hand side, I'm just totally triggered by yeah. that moment. I'm skittish. You're like, yeah. ah. So yeah. I get it. That happens in churches too. The very place that became your place yeah. of hurt, you don't want to walk back into. You're all you're triggered by all of that. You're yeah. skittish about all that. It's tough. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So how do we then <clears throat> help those people heal the ones who've been hurt, burned? You know, there's that trauma. There's that trigger there. Yep. There's you know, yep. how do we help? Uh, them heal. Yeah, that's that's a good question, and it, it's kind of the crux of where we're headed today. Yeah. Because I think the burn analogy is is real and mm-hmm. accurate. Because um, you're burned in your relationship, you're burned in this even this connection to faith. So yeah. if you go with that mindset, you think, okay, well, what what happens to someone who's physically burned? And I don't mean just they touched a hot you know pan on the stove, mm-hmm. but something more serious. What do you do when that happens? Mm-hmm. Because that, that needs to be addressed. Well, typically you would go see someone who is a burn specialist. Mm-hmm. You'd have to go to someone who had some more experience than you. We'll talk about that here a little bit. Uh, you would They would have to make sure the wound was cleansed. You want to make sure that uh, it's cleansed so there's no more, that there's not an infection that can grow there. Um, there would need to be plenty of hydration uh, to make sure there is no further complications and it can encourage healing. 
Uh, and you, then they would want to promote the growth of new skin, even if it must be taken from another part of the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there need to be a, kind of a rehab season. That's kind of how it works yeah. in a physical burn situation. But mm-hmm. I think the principles there become a good plan for us yeah. for even how we, we recover and help others recover from a burned in church yeah. or church hurt situation. So Absolutely. Uh, I completely recognize the <clears throat> the sensitivity of this issue today, the, the closeness that it uh, has in people's hearts. Yeah. Um, but I also recognize the desire of God for us to be healed yep. and restored and an active part of the church. Yep. Um, it's not just an optional organization. Mm-hmm. It is part of the essential part of being a follower of Jesus. Yeah. He loved the church and laid down his life for it. So that meant that he wants us in it. Mm-hmm. He would want us connected in his body on earth. And this is, this is our new identity is in <clears throat> a member placed into um, being the body of Jesus, a member in it. So how do we do all of that? Um, number one, I think the thing that we would encourage anyone who's been hurt in some difficult traumatic way is, again, get to a burn specialist. Yeah. Who is that? It's Jesus. The great you, physician. <laughs> yeah, you have to go and take your hurt to him first. Yeah. Uh, he understands in mm-hmm. fact, when he was here in his ministry, mm-hmm. he was relating and dealing with people who were being burned by faith and religion. Yeah. He, he walked in a day and time where the Pharisees and the scribes, uh, many of whom were walking in arrogance and legalism mm-hmm. and turning the faith to follow God, to look for a Messiah, to be something completely different than what it was ever meant to be. And and Jesus even described that uh, when he talked to the Pharisees in in Matthew 23, he says, or talked about them really. Mm -hmm. He said, for they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear and lay them on men's shoulders. So Jesus saw here faith leaders making it difficult for people to walk in the ways of faith. He said, but they themselves will not move them with one of their own fingers. So here was hypocrisy happening. Here was people um, bringing a message of hard legalism, but they weren't doing anything to help. He says, um, but all their works they do to be seen by men. So again, here's plastic faith. Here's people in religion Mm -hmm. trying to profit for themselves at others' expense. He went on and said, and they make their phylacteries broad and enlarge their borders of their garments. In other words, they were dressing, you know, all mm-hmm. the way to the hilt to try to impress other people with their their religious superiority. Yeah. So, wow, that just sounds like a day in which we live. Yeah. False religion, fake stuff happening, mm-hmm. it oppressing believers, giving them the wrong image of what faith is all about. Jesus understands all this, yeah. and Jesus was frustrated by all that yeah. as well. He didn't like it. He had very specific, harsh words to say against all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the thing we have to keep in mind also is Jesus didn't like it, but Jesus was moved with compassion for people yeah. who were struggling with that because there were a lot That's of true. folks who they were under the burden of all of that. And you, you read in Matthew 14, verse 14, it says, when Jesus went out and he saw the multitude, <clears throat> he was moved with compassion for them 
he saw them. He saw them hurting. He saw them, uh, later it talks about as sheep without a shepherd. He saw them bearing the weight mm-hmm. and not able to be free with the message and the truth that they should have been free with, that there was a Messiah. Yeah. And he went out as a result and he healed their sick. So mm-hmm. Jesus wants to heal the broken hearts, it's those good. who've been yeah. burned in church. So yeah. I think, again, the first thing, turn to Jesus for your healing. Mm-hmm. But second thing, Separate the hurt in church from the one who's the head of the church. Yeah. <laughs> Not just the pastor, exactly. but, yeah. but Jesus himself. Yeah. And this is like one that is an easy concept to communicate, yeah. but is not a easily received and like, oh, okay, that's just what I'm supposed to do. You know, right. it's like if someone would be like, hey, just don't fear, you know, it's like, <laughs> what? That's yeah. the least beneficial thing. Right. But the idea of separating what happened to you mm-hmm. by those who claimed to be Christians and all this stuff, you know, yep. not that they're not, but they're <clears throat> and under the name of Christ doing, you know, the work of the church mm-hmm. and they have, you know, either spiritually abused or brought yep. about trauma or have been hypocritical or have yep. been judgmental <clears throat> or anything like that. Right. That does not mean that Jesus, the who is like you're saying, the head of the church. That does right. not mean that He is the one that's doing that to you. Yeah, it's it's it can be a hard separator. Yeah, because you this is the church who said they're worshiping Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you think, well, if Jesus was big enough, why did He allow it? Yeah, exactly. And so, or it's the well, they all follow Jesus, and if that's who Jesus is, yep. I ain't following that guy either. You yeah, know? yeah. So um, the scripture tells us that, that Jesus is the head of the church and mm-hmm. he's the savior of the body. So that yeah. tells us, all right, his desire is to save and to rescue and to heal and to promote life and faith. So Jesus is not happy when things are uh, hurting people within the church for sure. He's not looking for anyone to be hurt or abused, mm-hmm. but especially within the context of his own his own body. and. I think we see pictures like this again in the Gospels where uh, Jesus goes into the temple and he's driving out the money changers. Uh, And he said, my father's house shall be a house of prayer. This place that is Mm -hmm. reserved for worship and prayer should be just that. It shouldn't Mm -hmm. be that you're profiting off of Mm -hmm. others to gain for your own selves. And, And Jesus was angry about that yeah he was strategic about that mm-hmm. and he took action in that so yeah again because the money changers you know they they were selling the sacrifices that people were to bring from yeah. where they were from you know yep. but they were coming with their money and these money changers were saying hey buy this sacrifice from me mm. and god will then be pleased with you yeah, you know, and, I'll, and I'll I'll exchange the the currency that you have for the yeah. currency that you used here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna gouge you a little exactly, bit as well, yes. profit from yeah. your religious worship. Exactly. Yes, and, and that that angered Jesus. Yeah. So, I think making that switch or step in our head, that separation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jesus does not desire this. This is not what he desires. What he's looking for. I mm-hmm. can turn to him. And know that he's not going to be like those who hurt me. Yeah. He is going to be the character of love and of grace and of truth. Yep. You know. That's right. So once you've kind of processed through those, Mm -hmm. then I think number three comes into play. And that is you should remove yourself from toxic 
church environments. Mm-hmm. Now, this could be for a time until there is healing mm-hmm. or change, mm-hmm. but it could be, as we understand, as there are local congregations that maybe there is something toxic happening happening there. Mm-hmm. It's right and good <clears throat> to remove yourself yeah. from that. Yeah. There should be a process mm-hmm. of seeking yeah. Restoration if possible, seeking yeah. fellowship if possible. Yeah. And I think if you have the ability to be able to uh, speak with someone who mm-hmm. is either do, being hypocritical or doing the abusing or, you know, right. whatever it may be there mm-hmm. to try and have that conversation. However, if there is no resolve there, right. you are not obligated to stay in that environment, correct? Correct. That's yeah. right. You're free from that. So, how do you know if you're in a toxic church environment? Let's talk about some of that because yeah. it's important to recognize everyone. Uh, if you're if you're a believer and you you begin the process of looking for a church, and I know that can be a tough process because uh, you're evaluating so much in that moment. You're looking for a place you can settle in and trust and give yourself to. How do you know if it's a safe place or not? How do you know if the place that you're in is not toxic or the place that you're visiting is not toxic? Here, here are some things I think that you can look for. I think one is look for the teaching. Is it biblical? Mm-hmm. Is, is the basis for what they teach rooted in scripture? In other mm-hmm. words, uh, is their message that salvation is by Jesus alone? Yeah. That's an important part. Yeah. Are they? Do they say, "Well, salvation is by Jesus, but you also need to be baptized. You also need to join our church, and you mm-hmm. need to go through certain classes before you can be mm-hmm. saved." Yeah. Then you can know that you're saved. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, baptized is good, but it is only an indicator of our faith. Mm-hmm. It is not a prerequisite mm-hmm. for faith. Yeah. Uh, joining a church is good, but it is not a requirement for salvation. Mm-hmm. Uh, going through classes, learning about mm-hmm. who who you are, what it means to be saved. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. But a, not a prerequisite for yeah. salvation. Yeah. And, and like, you know, it's, there was a post that went viral not long ago on Instagram, but it's the most true thing about salvation is by Jesus alone. You look at the thief on the cross mm. who cries out to Jesus, mm. you know, and Jesus says, surely I will see you in paradise. Mm. That guy did not get baptized. Yeah. That guy did not read his Bible every single morning. Right. That guy did not join a church. That yep. guy, you know, didn't go through confirmation classes or anything like that. But instead, yep. he just had the faith to believe that Jesus was who he said he was and mm-hmm. that he had the ability to forgive him of his sins. Mm. That's and that's it. all that it was. And that's that was it. salvation. That is and salvation. So that is the gospel. If that man is not in heaven, then that makes Jesus a liar. Mm. And yeah. he's not. It's so. true. So salvation by Jesus alone. Uh, look for churches where the message is grace by faith alone. In other mm-hmm. words, the favor of God comes by faith, not mm-hmm. by any works. Yes. Now, this is tough because churches can drift across this line pretty quick and mm-hmm. different denominations or even religions drift across this line and, yeah. and it turns into works. There are certain things you must do in order to have the favor of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, you find that in churches where they say, well, grace comes by communion, prayer, keeping yeah. the sacraments. Yeah. Uh, the more of those that you do, the more favor you have with God. Mm-hmm. Or grace comes by keeping certain works. 
and the, yeah. at that point, it's no longer grace. There's no, no longer it's just payment, a gift. For you're, what you're, you've done, yeah, you're just earning. Mm-hmm. And sadly, that's how people kind of, in many places, that's how they think of even church. Churches, yeah. I'm going to get some points mm-hmm. toward my ticket to heaven. Yeah, but the the message of the gospel in the New Testament is that grace. Favor, redemption, life comes by faith alone, not by works. Uh, the next one to evaluate unbiblical teaching: Do they say that truth is by Scripture alone? That is, that's what Scripture teaches. Yes. That truth yeah. comes by the pages of Scripture and the, the living, breathing document mm-hmm. of uh, of the Scriptures mm-hmm. alone. Uh, truth does not come by the prophets within the church. Mm-hmm. Mm. No. Truth does not come by someone who has a word of knowledge within yeah. the church. Mm-hmm. Truth does not come by my own feelings, urges, and appetites, mm-hmm. or your feelings and appetites and urges yeah. about me. Yeah. Uh, truth is not by just the pastor alone. Sometimes yeah. churches get to that and they think mm-hmm. he alone has the words of life yeah. and therefore don't ask any questions, just get in line mm-hmm. and be quiet. No, truth comes by scripture alone. Yeah, it's exactly. essential. And again, if there is someone who is speaking the truth boldly and saying, this is what the Bible says mm-hmm. about this situation or about your life, that's great <clears throat> because yeah. that's what the Bible says. You know, if right. someone's going to get up and well, you say prophesy to boldly declare the truth mm-hmm. and it's from scripture, <clears throat> that's awesome. You know, again, if someone says, hey, I have a word for you and it's joy, and it's from these verses. That's awesome, you know. And yeah. you know, we have that that we can lie that we can rely on because it's from right. the Bible. Same thing for yeah. your feelings. You know, it's not really your feelings that determine it, but right. you know, it's from the Bible. So. Yeah. Someone says, "Hey, I have a word for you. You need to move to this city and do this thing." I say, well, "I've got a word for you." Bye. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't mean I'm moving there. I mean like. Yeah. Goodbye to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, another one is love by obedience alone. It should be that within a church, the message is the way we demonstrate our love for Jesus is by our obedience to Jesus. Yeah. We don't just uh, force guilt or manipulate people into behavior, but we also don't just say, well, love means I can do whatever I want. There's grace for that. No, that's not what the scripture teaches. So unbiblical teaching is one. Any kind of unhealthy church environment, and we've Mm -hmm. listed some of these already. If If you're in a church environment where there is hypocrisy and plastic and yeah. people are they're gossiping and there's conflict yeah. and there's splits or you've been taken advantage of or there's spiritual abuse, yeah. all that stuff, there's legalism. Those are unhealthy environments that yeah. you should seek, seek to, to yeah. speak to or yeah. about exactly. to a leader. And then if there's no change, you should feel the freedom to to walk yes. and to find a church environment that's healthy. Yeah. Uh, if you're in a church environment where they are not encouraging you to search the scriptures, that's that's dangerous. Just be aware. Yeah. Um, if they claim to alone have the words of life, that's dangerous. If, exactly. if there is a mismatch between the lifestyle of the leaders and their message, yeah, beware. Yeah. Uh, if you if you see them saying one thing on a Sunday but living in another way on a Monday, you should that should you should address and yeah. decide if that place is for you. I talked to a man recently who said he remembered a church he was in. And uh, they had a had a, a wedding, mm-hmm. uh, and then they went to the the fellowship hall yeah. immediately afterwards. And they looked over, and the guy that was doing the wedding, the pastor, was now the guy that was in this fellowship hall, and he had a can of beer in one hand, a cigarette in the other. And I'm like, what? He said, "What is happening uh, here?" That's so tough. Again, anywhere you find a, a, a lifestyle of preaching mismatch, mm. you should 
be concerned. Yeah. If there's no place to ask questions, uh, if there is a mesh today with woke ideology, mm-hmm. beware. Uh, if you're not encouraged to grow in your own identity in Christ into the fullness, into the freedoms, into the joy of all that, those are unhealthy church environments. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so how again? How do we how do we heal in this process? Number four, I would say use lots of hydration in the process of yeah. healing. Well. Uh, a burn wound needs hydration. The hydration keeps the wound at a place where infection can be kept away and the healing process can begin. So that means there's got to be uh, large intakes of worship and truth that wash over our wounds. Man, when I've been hurt, that's when I need some truth and comfort to wash over me because I'm feeling feeling rejected, I'm feeling um, hurt, Mm -hmm. wounded, isolated, yeah. cast out. And if, I, if I'm not careful, I can let the hurt of the moment shape how I see myself. It's and true. the enemy loves that. Yep. He loves to come in and um, shout his voice and be the enemy at the table who's telling you some things about yourself. See, I told you you this was going to happen to you. Mm -hmm. I told you you weren't going to be able to function here. I told you you couldn't trust God. I told you this truth isn't real. All of that stuff. And so this is why you get this picture from the New Testament that that Jesus speaks over us um, and he speaks and his words wash over us Mm -hmm. and they they cleanse us. And it's what helps present us as a a glorious church is what Mm -hmm. Ephesians says. It comes by his speaking his words over. So I would... If you've been hurt, if you've been uh, abused, if you've been uh, rejected, turn to the one who heals and allow his words to be what speak to you, to remind you of who you are. Um, Because your circumstances are telling you one thing, but he wants to tell you something different. Mm -hmm. It's good. All right, moving on. How do we heal in this process? Number five. Refuse to allow the burn to disfigure your heart. Yeah, yeah. that's tough. It's tough because burns burns do that. If you've mm-hmm. been severely burned, uh, it can potentially disfigure you, especially if you don't find treatment right away mm-hmm. by someone who knows how to treat a burn. Mm-hmm. There can be there can be scars that remain, but there can be disfiguring scars if there's not a good healing process Mm -hmm. in place. So when there's been hurt, that's the time that it's very easy for bitterness to develop. Yep. Uh, Hebrew says a root of bitterness springs up. Mm -hmm. It's in that time that things like isolation and hatred for others and despair, it's never going to be good. A depression, I'm always going to feel this way. All of that can creep in and the enemy loves to go to yeah. town in that moment. Yeah, and it will, it will change, like you're saying, it will change your heart and how you see those people, how you see church, how you go about your day, how you go about your life. It will yeah. literally change, again, not even just your heart, but your mind as well. And those mm-hmm. things, they'll, they'll play a factor even in your health, you know? And That's true. It, it, will, it will break you down mm-hmm. the, the longer that you live stuck in that mm-hmm. unforgiveness mm-hmm. state. 
Yeah. And they'll spill over into relationships. Yeah, so just, uh, you'll, uh, you'll carry it in every everywhere you yeah, go. Yeah, it, it may have happened in church, but pretty soon it'll show up in your home. Yeah, you'll, show up in your marriage. You'll be the one who's quick to anger and quick to be spiteful and hold a grudge, mm-hmm. all that stuff. It shows up. It shows up yeah. in relationships. It shows up at work all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And your boss is like, hey, what's going on with yeah. you? you you're just, more insecure and you're more, you know. All yeah, that. yeah, all of that. So <clears throat> yeah. you, have to, you have to make this purpose in your heart like i'm not going to allow this to permanently yeah um disfigure me yeah in, in a way that it doesn't have to mm-hmm. exactly so um scars often do remain after mm-hmm. a burn but they can be used for god's glory and not just yes. to uh permanently disfigure yeah our story. Sorry, just had to make him rhyme there. <laughs> uh, but it, it 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 can it can really uh, if we don't if we don't determine that uh, it can it can be damaging to us. I, I talked with a man recently, and he <clears throat> had this powerful testimony. I won't go into names and specifics on the story, but he had this powerful testimony of sufferings, deep burns in his life. I mean, to the point like his skin was melted away off of his body. Wow. And you would think, wow, that would be very hard because it happened in a very um, intentional way. Someone wow. caused the pain. Wow. And you would think, man, that guy, how do, how do you recover from that? How do Seriously? you recover from someone intentionally wanting you to suffer? Wow. And this man was able to give glory to God and say, as much as I suffered from the burns, how much as I suffered through the healing process of having to have my skin scrubbed and having to have my body um, cleansed and having to go through all the rehab. He said, that is nothing to what Jesus suffered. Wow. And Jesus himself, while he was suffering, said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Goodness he said, gracious. He said, I... I, that's the Jesus that has saved me. And so I'm just grateful for what he has done for me. And out of that came his own testimony. This man, this man had a smile on his face. This man had a purpose in his heart. And I was just stunned by all of that. He didn't let the deep burn disfigure his heart Mm. when it could have easily, it disfigured his body. Yeah. But he did not allow it to disfigure his heart and become someone filled with anger and bitterness and resentment and, mm-hmm. and uh, a determined to get revenge on those other who hurt him. So, Incredible. Attached to that is number six. And this, again, this man, uh, he, he lived this is forgive and ask forgiveness if necessary. Yeah. Part of the healing process <clears throat> in being able to return to an effective, helpful, healthy part of the body is in learning to let go Mm -hmm. and forgive. Mm -hmm. Um, The scripture talks about this, that this should be our our goal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ephesians 4, 30 and 32 says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor and evil speaking be put away from you. Those are all the things you do when you've been hurt. Even with all malice and be kind to one another, tender hearted, 
forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Now, as the story I just told you, the man of the testimony, that was that became his basis for forgiving those who hurt him mm. was knowing what Jesus had done for him. Wow. And so this kept his heart from being hardened, disfigured, and filled with all evil and anger. So in the situation when you've been hurt, where they've said things to you, taken advantage of you, spiritually abused you, it's important to work toward the place of forgiving them. Yeah. It does not mean that you have to walk back into yeah. the same place of hurt and yeah. being mistreated. And it also doesn't mean to act like it didn't happen. Thank you. you That's know. good. Yeah, don't deny it. Don't yeah. act like it didn't happen. Don't try to stuff those emotions down. Mm-hmm. No, all of those are very real. And mm-hmm. you bring those to Jesus knowing mm-hmm. you suffered for me. Yeah. Uh, I I can forgive because you have forgiven me. Mm-hmm. And, and if there is something we have done, we should ask forgiveness yeah. in the process so that our heart can be free. That yeah. is the most important part. Exactly. Um, you, you might not stay around that church environment yeah. for whatever reason. But to walk away with your heart free yes. is is necessary exactly. and powerful. So good. So uh, we're walking kind of through a progression here, just like mm-hmm. the healing process would be. And, and I recognize we're talking through this in a matter of 45 <laughs> minutes to an hour yeah. over something that can take years. years. Yeah. And through great pain. And you mm-hmm. think about someone mm-hmm. walking through the burn yeah. trauma process of healing. It's just brutal. Yeah. So in this, recognizing, again, the sensitivity to all of this, use the time that you are healing to grow personally in your identity in Christ. Yeah. It's important because you go through a moment where you're hurt in worship, church, faith yeah. environment, it shakes you to your mm-hmm. core. It just it causes all kinds of questions to come up. It shakes why you believe, what you believe, what you'll choose to believe in the future. Mm-hmm. And this is where it's important to go back to who you are in Christ and deepen yourself in that, deepen yeah. your faith in that. Yeah, exactly. Stand in that and who you are. Learn to put on the whole armor of God. Mm-hmm. Learn to heal so that you can walk back into being useful in the body of Christ yeah, exactly. again someday. Yeah, and so just to read the verse you have here is second Corinthians four, eight and nine. It says, uh, is Paul writing about again, their missionary journeys and everything that's been going on. It says we are hard pressed on every side yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair persecuted, but not forsaken struck down, but not destroyed. Yeah. Even though they had gone through hard times and the condition that they were in was mm-hmm. hard pressed, perplexed, you yeah. know, for, uh, struck down all this stuff. Yep. They still knew their identity was I'm not crushed. I'm not in despair. I'm mm-hmm. not forsaken. I'm not destroyed. That mm-hmm. their condition didn't determine what their identity, who they were, yeah. you know, but I think the exact same thing applies. If the condition that you're in is I was burned by this yep. church, this person, this family, whatever it is, right. that does not mean that's who you are, right? Yeah. It does not mean that, well, now I forever have to carry the fact that they called me fill in the blank, or yeah. I forever have to carry that this church is fill in the blank. And right. That's their identity. They're done. I'm writing them off. But, yep. Yep. You know, 
It's true. Of understanding the difference and then using that time to grow yep. personally in your own faith. Yep, it's good. Toward getting back in. Yes. If exactly. it's not that church, some somewhere. Mm-hmm. Which leads us to our next one, which is again another very sensitive yeah. piece very to tough. this process is recognize <clears throat> and resist the triggers mm-hmm. of the hurt. Yeah. So... Again, uh, like my illustration of driving down the road, a car pull out mm-hmm. on the right hit me. I had this, you know, yeah. flinch reaction every time I'm driving as someone comes up on an intersection on the right-hand side. That can happen. You've been burned in a church situation. You walk back in, and all of a sudden, here is all of the same thing happening. Here are people uh, in a faith environment. Here are people singing. Here are people worshiping. Here are people studying the yeah. Bible. It all feels exactly the same. And they're again. singing the yeah. same songs and the same feel. And it's easy to just get triggered in that moment and think, mm-hmm. oh, boy, here we go, and assume that it's going to happen again. And it's important to recognize those triggers. Yeah. But it's, I think it's important to learn to resist those. Exactly, yeah. Um, to recognize that that may have happened, yep. not denying that it happened, yep. but I'm not going to impose that now on everyone else. Yeah, so let's talk about some of just the very real areas yeah. that happens in church. You go to a church and you get burned because of how they've dealt with finances, for example. Maybe mm-hmm. they are... Maybe they hard pressed everybody about giving and tithing, and maybe mm-hmm. they maybe they called all the members. Maybe they sent letters. Maybe they expected and demanded mm-hmm. you to give a certain yeah. amount. And that's that all in order was- to be a member, you must do give this much, and if not, then see uh, you don't get these benefits. Exactly. Whatever. And so there's a high pressure on, the, and so you walk. He's like, I can't. There's something's wrong here, and you mm-hmm. leave. Well, you're going to walk into another church. Yeah. Lord willing, someday. Yeah. And guess what? They're going to talk about finances again. They're going to talk mm-hmm. about money. There's nothing wrong with that because Jesus talked about money mm-hmm. a lot. It's one of the indicators of how we're living out our faith. Mm-hmm. So it would be easy walking back into another church environment like, oh boy, so, here, here we go. go. Again. I'm out. These yeah. people are the same as those other people mm-hmm. and I'm just the same as always. I always tend to get this. No, recognize the trigger. Mm-hmm. Recognize where you've been hurt. Just like me, I had to recognize mm-hmm. you don't have to flinch every time a car pulls yeah, out on exactly, the right hand side. Exactly. Um, yeah. if, if a church starts talking about a building program, I get it. A lot of people are burned in building programs mm-hmm. within churches. But just because you were once doesn't mean that the next church has the exact same motive, exact yeah. same system, yeah. and are after the same thing. Exactly. For sure. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, hopefully, again, by the time we, by the time you join another church and you get to these kind of triggers over again, hopefully that number seven, using the time to grow personally in your identity in Christ has taken yeah. root in you to where yeah. you can encounter these things and they will not shake you right. to your core. That's true. Uh, you know, you can be in a church and all of a sudden, uh, or, or let's say you were in a church and there was a heavy emphasis on legalism mm-hmm. and performance mm-hmm. and um, they're always talking about what you ought to be doing mm-hmm. and measuring people by that. Well, so you leave that church, you're going to walk back into another church. Well, guess what? They're going to talk at some point about, uh, you know, James would say, well, if you have faith, you'll have works. And mm-hmm. they're going to start talking about the importance of obedience. You're going to be triggered in that moment. You're going yeah. to be, you know, lit up a little bit. It was like, oh boy, here we go again. Yeah. Not necessarily. That does just because one was doesn't mean the next yeah. will be. Uh, maybe, maybe you got left out. Of, of groups at another church. Maybe you had a relationship that went sour. Maybe maybe you were excluded for some reason. Mm-hmm. Well, I get it. So you leave that church, you walk into another church, there's gonna be some groups. 
There are going to be some people talking together after a service. Yeah. It doesn't mean they're talking about you. Yeah. That doesn't mean they're out to get you. But recognize the trigger and walk through the process. Yeah. Heal. Plenty of hydration. Forgive. Mm-hmm. Ask mm-hmm. forgiveness. Use the time to grow. And understand. That's just relationships. Yeah. They're not after me necessarily. Mm-hmm. You don't have to say this always happens to me. Exactly. This is always what happens to us. We, yeah. This is this is just who we are. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. unhealthy because you end up, sadly, you end up bringing on the thing that you feared. Exactly. The thing For you sure. fear the most comes upon you. Yeah. And again, I just want to say like to whenever you get triggered or you feel a certain way, I've felt this way before. I've seen this happen before, all that stuff. Just because you feel that way does not mean that you have to leave, does not mean you have to run away. It does not, your feelings don't determine the truth, doesn't determine the reality. We've said that, you know, a million times on this podcast. But I think even more so whenever it gets to that very sensitive, you know, it's easy to agree like, well, yeah, of course someone's feelings don't determine the truth. But whenever it's something like this, this very personal, deep core to who I am, I've seen this before. I felt this way before. I need to get out of here. Yeah. Let's not let that be the determining factor. You know, if you do feel that, let go and ask a question. Go and yeah. talk to someone. Because there know? can be legitimate reasons for leaving a church, as we've yeah, already said. Exactly. And if they are happening and they can't be resolved, there's a place and a time mm-hmm. to walk. Exactly. It's good. All right. Number nine. Um, I would say and suggest return slowly and build your confidence by reminding yourself who you are yes. in Christ. Yes. You don't have to rush back in, dive back in, throw yourself all in. Yeah. If, if you, you want got, to, if you, you got burned because you were overworked, the next church you go to, <laughs> I would say, yeah. don't just jump right in and say, sure, yeah, I'll do everything you want me to do. I, that's just my thought. You know, yeah, I, I think it would just be wise to slowly say, all right, I was burned last time in this. I'm yeah. going to set up some boundaries and yeah. I want to talk through and I'll be open and I want yeah. expectations to be clear all the way around. Here. Yeah. Part of, and, and acknowledge part of it was on them. Part of it was on me. Yep. Exactly. I need to, I need to rebuild my identity yeah. and remember I am loved in Christ. Mm-hmm. I have purpose in mm-hmm. Christ. God has gifted me yeah. in Christ. People are not out to get me mm-hmm. and I was made to function within the body. That's the reality. Yeah. Jesus True. loved and died for the church mm-hmm. and his the church is his body. So Romans 12, 4 and 5, for as we have many members in one body, in other words, in our own bodies, we have mm-hmm. many, many different parts, mm-hmm. but all the members do not have the same function. Yep. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. In other words, you and I function best when we're part of the whole of a body and we're functioning. I'm using my gifts Others are using their gifts, and we are working together under the lordship of Christ. That's healthy. That's good. And we should we should press toward the mark of trying to find that place and make that happen yeah, in a church. Absolutely. Regardless of what happens there, unless it's so destructive that you have to walk, you, you just stay at it. You stay mm-hmm. in it, and you work toward it. Mm-hmm. And then finally, when you go back in, determine to be a blessing to others. So good. To remember, all right, this is not about me. I'm not going in to see what can be done for me. Yeah. How can everyone make me happy at church? Yeah. How can I'm they not, all serve me at church? <clears throat> I'm not walking into a restaurant mm-hmm. with the expectation of 
I'm yeah. going to be, I better be weighted on a certain way mm-hmm. and the food better be served a certain way and I better be, mm-hmm. you know, uh, respected a certain yeah. way. And at the end of the meal, I'll tithe maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> no, the, healthy, the healthiest people I've known in church over the years who came in with, this is not about me. I'm coming in to see how I can be a blessing to others. And they are, they come in and they don't sit down looking to see who's going to come to them. They're up, they're moving, Mm -hmm. they're talking to people, Mm -hmm. they're praying for people, they're invested in people, they're giving to people behind the scenes that no one else knows about. Yes, and all that can only happen because they they go in saying, I'm loved, I have a purpose, and I know God's going to use me however he will. Yes. Not saying, well, they better love me, or well, they better (laughs) give me a purpose around here, or well, they better use my gifts. Yeah. Right. So determined to be a blessing to others, be used by God when you go back in. And, and, you know, this is, this is how Jesus was able to do what he did Mm -hmm. because though he was betrayed, though the ones he had poured himself out to denied even knowing him, he went back to them when he was resurrected. Yes. And we might have thought, them, and, yeah. them 12 dudes, they yeah. all burned me. I'm done with them. Uh-huh. I'm going to go find new 12. Yep. He went right back to them. How do you do that? Mm-hmm. He went back because he knew, I have more to give to them. Uh, I want to be a blessing to them. So, uh, so I hope that helps in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, a, it's a conversation that people need to have. It's a conversation churches need to have. Yes. And, it's a it's a it's a fine line, but we must find it between I need to hold to as a church, we need to hold to the truth, mm-hmm. but we need to hold to the the gospel as well mm-hmm. to provide a place where there can be healing and where we don't have systems that cause problems mm-hmm. but that have systems and relationships that actually communicate the gospel. Mm-hmm. So uh, another book I read years ago was um, and man, it's kind of outdated today, really. <laughs> uh, it's called They Like Jesus But Not the Church. And it was a fascinating read for me back in early 2000s because it was at a time when I was really thinking about, okay, what is what is the church? It's 2007, back in the nice. day. I'm not even sure if uh, Dan Kimball, if we, what he's writing today, what he even stands for today. Yeah. So uh, this is not my endorsement of Dan Kimball. It's a recommendation <laughs> of this book back in the day in 2007. But uh, it's a question that that all believers should should work through what is what is the church what is our purpose and how do we how do we be Jesus today not just an organization about Jesus but be the body of Christ here on earth and and how do we help those who have been in hurtful situations <clears throat> come back in and find life and become an active part of what Jesus himself died for and is totally in on so all right. Good. So thanks for uh, being with us today. Yeah. Uh, share this with a friend, a family member who may have been burned in church yeah. and, and engage them in a conversation that maybe they might find the hope and the healing in Jesus yeah. and back in his active, healthy body here yeah. on earth. So yep. uh, that's what we're doing here at Vertical, attempting Absolutely. to do. So I uh, appreciate you joining us and lift him up and living him out. <laughs>